Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. All right, well, with that, I'm going to welcome up our senior leader, Caleb Hires. Welcome him. Thank you, Scott. Give it up for Scott. He's amazing. He keeps us legal and straight and narrow and all that. He keeps, he keeps me legal. I'm like, we need to do this. He's like, but insurance. I'm like, oh, you know, it's great. It's good to have a Scott Smiley. Anyway, so good to see all of you. Bless you. Thank you for being here. I want to welcome our live stream audience on Facebook as well. Can you clap it up for them? There's some there's social distancing, all that. We bless you. You're part of us. You're not further. You're not less than. You are with us. If that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. And we bless you. We thank you for tuning in. Come on. That is no less uh, attendance in my mind. You know, we're together. There's no distance in the spirit realm. So maybe you think it's different, but you just got unbelief in your heart. That's all that is. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) just saying, like, we need to be virtually together, but spiritually one, right? We're one. So some people have to do that right now. Amen. Hallelujah. That's not less faith. Come on, somebody. It's not less faith. Each one should do what they decide in the heart. Personal responsibility, you're free. That's how it works. Got it? Cool. Well, I kind of just did, but my iPad says introduce yourself. That was me just now. You just met me. Hi. Anyway, uh, so grateful. If I haven't met you yet and you've been here the last few weeks, I was here last week, but I took some time off. It was awesome. I just want to say thank you to our team one more time for handling that. Uh, And if you've come in July and haven't seen me, you're like, who is that guy? That's probably why, because I haven't been here. Uh, But I'm really excited because um, we have opportunities uh, to celebrate what God is doing. And um, next week is one of those opportunities because uh, my wife and I planted this church three years ago. Uh, next week, it's, we're three years old next week. I mean, isn't that amazing? Come on, God is good. He's blessed us. We have three different campuses already. There will be more. It's, God is breathing on it. It's incredible. So uh, here's how we're going to celebrate next week, all right? We are going to celebrate by giving someone else a gift. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We did it last year, and the Lord just really put it on my heart again. Uh, next Sunday, say next Sunday. Everything that comes in to the offering next Sunday is going to go to an organization called the Timothy Initiative. Every single thing, every penny, 100% of it, everything that comes in that day at all three campuses all day long. The Timothy Initiative, if you don't know, is a sober living, a faith-based sober living house, and they have a, an amazing effectiveness rate. They do incredible work. The guys come every night to the 9 a.m. gathering every week. They're in the Word. We know the leadership, uh, Pastor George Wood and all of them there. And so we're, they're a trusted place where people can get real help from alcoholism, drug addiction, all of that, and it's effective. They teach them a skill. They bring people out of it. We've, had, we've sent people in that are having a much better time now, and their, their, their lives are being changed by that ministry. And so 100% of the offering next Sunday is going to them, okay? So I'm asking you to participate, all right, to pray and ask the Holy Spirit what you should give. And I'm saying, like, let's do it big, you know what I'm saying? Like, above and beyond. Like, this is the one time of year where I say, thou shalt give, You know what I mean? Like, go sell something. I don't know. Go drive for Uber this week or so. I don't know. Like, let's get some. Let's like, let's 
do it big. I want to like 10x our biggest offering and give it all away. That's what I want to do. I want to do it. I, I don't know. I'm going to give. I'm going to give extra. I'm going to be like, how much? No, taking, you know, I want them to have it. So participate with us. It's going to be so special. Uh, and they don't know we're doing it, which is great. So <laughs> this is like the announcement. And I don't know, the, the guys from the 9 a.m. were like, what? You know, so anyway, if you're not sure if you want to do that, if you want to give, just come to the 9 a.m. next week and talk to one of them, one of the 15 guys that comes. Ask them, what has this done for your life? You'll be convicted, believe me, all right? It's amazing. So participate with us next week in that. Also, this week is special because it's back to school time, and uh, we are obviously always praying for our children, and we want them to have, you know, the best situation possible, but we felt the Lord uh, put it on our heart to pray for the teachers today, all right? Because teachers are like the front lines, right? First line of defense, offense, all of it, you know what I mean? So would, if you're a teacher in here, would you stand up? We want to bless you. We want to thank God for you. Anybody, any teachers? We had a few in the front. Thank you. Come on. Don't be scared. Yeah, come on. Stand up. In any school, like collegiate, whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Stay standing. Um, and if you would do me a favor, everyone, we're going to pray out loud for these teachers. Just 30 seconds. We're going to release strength. I believe prayer works. How about you? And if we're all praying, it's agreement. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So reach your hand out to one of these and just with your voice, lift your voice and just pray a prayer of blessing right now. Three, two, one, go. 30 seconds. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these teachers. We bless them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. We release strength to them. We release great grace. Come on, say great grace. Great grace, not just to endure this school year, but to thrive, to have joy in every circumstance, to be a light, a bright light in their workplace. We bless them, Lord Jesus, with everything you have for them. Thank you, God, for blowing their expectations out of the water, renewing their strength, giving them joy that overflows and into the classroom, Lord Jesus. And those who are not here, those who are watching online, we bless those teachers as well. We thank you for them, Lord. And we say we release the wisdom of God over them that they may impart and advance the kingdom in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. Come on, one more time for our teachers. Give it up for them. They're amazing. Come on. Louder. There it is. Come on. That's what's up. I can, name, I can name my teachers, the ones that really changed my life. I have some teachers that you should thank my teachers you know, I do certain things every week because of my teachers. I, I'm, I'm a better person because of the men and women who taught me in school. Amen? Come on. That's just such an integral part of our society. So thank you for st taking that call and stepping up and, and teaching. So good. You're not treated with the honor you deserve, but we'll do our best here at the resting place. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to jump into part two of this series called Pure Religion. And we got a lot going on today, so I'm going to talk fast if you can listen fast. Yes, hopefully you have your fast ears on today. <laughs> and last week we started talking about this passage in James and that there is a pure version of religion. Has anyone ever been called religious? I have. You're so religious. Yeah, I've been called that. It was not a compliment. However, there is a pure version of religion. It's in the Bible. It's in black and white. All right. And what most people are upset about and against is actually not religion. It's legalism. OK, last week we talked about it, talked about legalism versus religion. You should go back and watch it on YouTube. It's really good. The speaker was on fire. He was a little grumpy because he came back from vacation that day. But it's good. All right. It's good. 
No, uh, there's well-meaning fathers-in-law in the church who are still trying to use the law to bring people into righteousness. It don't work. No worky, right? You can't do enough right things to be right before God. Amen. All you can do is receive the righteous one who is God, Christ Jesus, the Lord. And that is an imparted, imputed, infused righteousness that you receive as a gift. But legalism says, here's the rules. Do them or don't reward punishment. That's what it is. That's the whole paradigm. However, religion is not that. It's been given a bad rap. We need to win it back, okay? So what is religion? What is pure religion? It's James chapter 1, verse 27. Let's read it. In the English Standard Version, it says, Religion that is pure. Say pure. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This week, we're going to talk about who are widows and orphans? What, are, what is that? What does that mean for us? Next, we're going to talk about what it means to keep oneself unstained from the world, okay? Today, widows and orphans. What are modern-day widows and orphans? This is actually a biblical uh, motif, if I can say it that way. It's a repetition throughout Scripture. Widows and orphans are not just specifically women who have lost their husbands and people, who, kids who don't have fathers and, and, and mothers. It's not just that. It's literally a term, biblically, for people in distress, it's a biblical term for people in distress. It's people who are barren, people who are in need. Okay, that's why it says widows and orphans, and it doesn't stop there. It says in their affliction. Widows and orphans in their affliction, okay? But just because someone was a widow when this was written in the New Testament, the early church, even in Jewish culture, doesn't mean they were technically in distress. Not every widow was in affliction, Okay, I just want to make it clear because this is taught in certain ways that is really not historically accurate. All right. I love reading the Bible with my brain turned on. Okay. I don't turn my brain off when I go to the Bible. God gave me that thing, that lump of meat between my ears. I'm going to use it. All right. And I research stuff and I look it up. Did you know there's historical documents of widows like paying taxes and buying property? I mean, so how would a widow buy a property if she's not allowed to own anything? That's how it's taught. You need to take care of widows because they can't own anything. It's not historically accurate. It's not even biblically accurate. And this is just one quick example. But you remember the widow's mite? I know it was small, but she owned it to give. <laughs> and Jesus celebrated it. It wasn't illegal for her to own it. She had something and she gave it. It was hers to give, right? Again, I know it was less, but not every widow was in distress, okay? So this is not just widows. It's widows in their distress. Some had property. Some had affluence and some didn't. Okay. Some had a lot of money. Some had none of it. Some had family that took care of them. Some didn't. The point was the ones who are in distress, that's the church's job. It's the church's job. So it's not just that these people were women. Come on, somebody. Come on, ladies. Hello. This is painted like, oh, those poor women, they lose their husband. They can't. Mm, the church has got to be their nanny state or whatever. You know, the church has got to take care of them. That's how it's preached, man. It's ridiculous. No, women are just as capable as men at earning an income. Hello? Hello? Sometimes way more capable. <laughs> All right? They do. The workers worth their wages. I don't hear any gender in that statement. That's scriptural. So a female worker is worth their wages. Come on, somebody. Men, I'm trying to help you. You're, this is where you're supposed to say amen so that your wife or girlfriend like you a little bit. I'm trying to, I'm giving you a layup right now, all right? Women are really humankind 2.0. They're the new and improved model, all right? They're the second edition. Come on. He's picking it up, all right. 
Brownie points for amening me right now. No. It's not that they were women who had lost their husbands. It's that they were women who lost their husband and they were in distress for a, a, a diversity of reasons. Orphans are a little more clear than that. They don't have parents and they're younger. But, you know, you could be a 45-year-old orphan and not be in distress anymore. Hello? Like, I still have my mom and dad. Thank God. They're on the front row. You know? Right? Is this making sense? It's about their affliction. In their affliction. It's a biblical uh, repetition. It's all over the scriptures, but I'll take you to a few places just to prove my point. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. It says, learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come on. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Deuteronomy 10, 17 through 18. It says, the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice. Say justice. Justice for the fatherless and the widow. You see this? It's over and over again. And loves the sojourner. That's the immigrants. Uh-huh. Giving him food and clothing. Come on. One more. Psalm 68, 5 through 6. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. What is God doing in his holy habitation? He's the father to the fatherless. He's fathering those who don't have fathers. He's protecting those widows who are vulnerable. That's who he is. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity. Hey, Listen, you don't like prosperity? You're not going to like the Bible. Sorry. He leads the prisoners out to prosperity. You're like, oh, thank you, Lord. I'm not a prisoner anymore, but I'll, I don't want the prosperity part because that's different. No, I'll take it. I'll take theirs, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Why? Because you rebel against God. You don't get the blessings of God. He's trying to bless you. You say, I don't want it. And you go, okay, I'll give it to Caleb. <laughs> He's trying to give it to you. You're like, no. Okay, he's not going to make you do it. Orphans and widows in their affliction. I hope you're seeing this. The Greek word there for affliction in James 1.27, helping widows and orphans in the time of affliction, is the word tribulation. And here's what it fully means. The whole definition, ready? It means anguish, burdened, persecution, tribulation, and trouble in James 1.27. So we can put that one up or pull that down, but... Anguish, burdened, persecution, tribulation, and trouble. Say trouble. You know anybody in trouble? Anybody know anyone in trouble right now? You know anyone burdened right now? You know anyone in anguish right now? Yeah, your job. They're your job. If your religion is pure, that's your assignment. What's God's will for my life? Someone Find someone in trouble and help. I just want to know what God's will for my life. Should I have this job? Should I not? He really doesn't care about your job. He cares about how you are at your job. He cares about whether you care about those in, in anguish at your job. Listen, the will of God is not a location, it's a lifestyle. The will of God is not a location, it's a lifestyle. He wants you to go into every situation rejoicing, thankful, and giving. That's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Come on. Trouble, tribulation, anguish, persecution, burden. So pure religion is seeing those in anguish and stepping in to help. That makes your religion pure. Modern-day widows and orphans could be any person in anguish. Are you following me? 
I know some single fathers that are in anguish who need the church just as much as single women who've lost their husband. Hello? Come on. It's not about the gender. It's not just women and children. Although the Bible says they are the frailer vessel, the weaker vessel. That's, I can't say this word. What is the anatomical? Is that what it is? That's an anatomical statement, all right? It's not saying women are less than. It's saying physically weaker. Like the Bible wrote that before science proved it. It's still true. Sorry, Olympics. It's still true. It's not wrong. It's just true. Sorry. I don't mind. You can be offended. That's your choice. Nothing about offense. You have to take it. <laughs> Taking offense means you took it. So I didn't give it. You took it. <laughs> just saying. Don't take offense. This is, this is the truth. It's the truth. There are things to honor. I can't do things that my wife can do. I cannot carry a baby. I cannot. Hello? So, but that, that's a way strong thing to do that I could never do. Are you with me? Like, men, do you want to do that? No. No, thank you. You've seen that video of the guy wearing the cramp producer thing? Like, it's hilarious. The dudes are, like, simulating women's, like, cramps and stuff. They're like little babies. I would be a baby, too. Anyway, that's real strength, but it, it's just different. We're different. Hello? Come on. Women should be allowed to be women all the way. Men should allow to be men all the way. But we shouldn't look at women as those, oh, you're a woman? You probably need me. Because we're caring care for widows and orphans. Women and children. Like, that's kind of the category this is put in. And I really want to fight against that right now. Okay, women, you are extremely capable. You are amazing. A call of God on your life. You can even lead in church. Yes, you can. We ordain women around here. We believe in you. You're awesome. Okay? And if one day comes where you're married and you lose your husband and you come into distress, we're there. Are you with me? Is this okay? There's balance to this thing. There's tension in every truth. Yeah. I hope your heart's doing better than your face right now. So I'm just saying. Here's the bottom line. If we are saved, but not saving the persecuted, troubled, and burdened, our religion is useless. If we're saved, but not saving others, our religion is useless. Useless. If it's all about you and nothing about them, it's useless. You know, it really gripes me lately. Listen, just, just this is Kayla. I'm like, okay, soapbox, spiritual soapbox real quick, okay? I hate the overemphasis on favor. I hate it. Anything that's good overemphasized becomes a weakness, just so you know. A strength over like the idea that you're favored because oh god, I'm gonna get in trouble. Why didn't I do this in the 9 a.m.? I should have left this for the 9 a.m. I'm too far now, too far gone. Okay. Like if you get that parking spot really close, that means somebody who might have needed it didn't. Someone who's in pain has to walk further because you're favored. I'm just saying. Like you beat that guy to the, the checkout line. And he's got a lot of stuff and you've only got a couple things and it would have made a really long wait for you. And you call that favor. You know what favor would have done? Hey, bro, go first. It's good. I'm going to pray for you the whole time. You might know it, but I'm going to use this time to bless this individual. I might buy their groceries. That's what favor does. It doesn't relish in going first. It relishes in serving first. Okay, I'm done. I'm off. Off. I'm just saying, if your religion is all about you, you got a bad version of religion. If it's all about me, me, me. No. 
it's probably teetering towards useless if it's all about you. If we can quote the Bible, if we can pray the paint off the walls, if we're super spiritual and see God everywhere, but we ignore the plight of those around us, our religion is useless, useless, useless. And listen, orphans are everywhere, everywhere. Did you know? I'll give you some facts right now. Straight facts. There are an estimated estimated. This is a conservative estimate. One hundred and forty three million children without parents on planet Earth right now. An estimated 143 million children without a mom or a dad right now. Like 1236 today, August 8th, there are women or there are kids without a mom or a dad wondering where their meal's coming from right now. You're favored. Bothers me. Mess me up, man. Think about it. Well, we have to do this. If our religion is pure, this is where our eyes need to be. Come on. 143 million. Say million. 143 million children. I'm not mad at anybody. This hits my heart. Are you with me? Five, over 500,000 kids in the U.S. foster care system. That's probably an old number. It's probably higher than that. Over 500,000 kids in the United States foster care system. These are all from a website called For No More, F-O-R-N-O-More.org. And orphans, just so you know, they're a major target of human trafficking, of all that stuff, drug dealers, all that. Spiritual orphans are even more numerous. There's way more than 143 million spiritual orphans, too. Not knowing your heavenly father makes you a spiritual orphan, just so you know. So this is not just a call to social work, No. This is a call to evangelism. This is a call to advancing the kingdom. This is a call for the church to step up where you're complaining the government's doing a bad job. That was a good word. You can just think about it later. We can't just complain. They're using my tax dollars so poorly. Blah, blah, blah. Well, at least they're trying to house somebody and feed somebody. Before you complain about their mismanagement, what are you doing with yours? Is your religion pure enough for you to cast a stone? Mine isn't. I'll tell you. This has to be our heart posture. It breaks God's heart when his kids are left in their plight, are ignored in their trauma. It does. Listen to Psalm 82, 3 through 4. It says, Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. That's our job. I'm not waiting on another church. I'm not waiting on a government. I'm not waiting on a, a human rights organization. It's my job. It's your job. That's us. Rescue the weak. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. This is why we're sending teams into Salem Freedom to bless those ladies coming out of human trafficking. This is why we're raising up people to meet every single need here, mentoring kids who age out of the foster care system, all that stuff. This is why we're doing that. It's pure religion. I want to put it up on the slide because I hope this is hitting your heart, man. I hope this is like deep in there. 
put up on the slide uh, some local organizations that we know. These are not the only ones. These are not everyone that's doing great things. They're not even all the ones we support, but I felt like the Lord put these three in my mind. So this is just a, a thing. I want you to go ahead and take a picture of this. Uh, because if you're looking for where you can take action today and be a part of the solution, these three I completely recommend. Okay, No More, run by Jamie and Tammy Kent for nomore.org. They really, they bring the need to the church. They bring awareness to the need and they give you places to plug in for uh, human trafficking, uh, orphans, hungry, poor, all that. It's amazing. Grow Into You Foundation is uh, an organization with Aaron Neesmith. They mentor kids who have aged out of the foster care system. So you're like, I don't know. I can't help. I can't foster. Well, could you spend an hour with somebody who doesn't know how to do a job interview every week? Could you just talk to them on the phone when they have a question about like, you know, how to file their taxes? That's what it means to be a mentor. Could you do that? Well, not everyone, but maybe some of you. And then Abide to Love, they're a newer organization. They're amazing. They're actually um, the leadership, Ricky and Monica Sotolongo, are part of our Wesley Chapel campus. They are actually, they're trying to preempt more kids from getting into the foster care system. It's amazing. They actually go proactive. Like, they just had a woman who uh, they heard about got uh, arrested. She's going to jail for a couple of years, but she has a kid and she's a single mom. So they came to her and said, hey, can we put your child in a, in a faith-based Christian home while you're in jail so that we can care for them. And when you get back, they're yours. But we'll take care. We don't, we don't want them to get lost in the cycle of the foster care system. We'll take them. And they're a licensed, insured organization. They're incredible. Incredible. They try to preempt the foster care thing. I'm not dogging foster care. I'm saying they're just a different style, okay? Amazing. Every single one of these organizations could use your prayer. You just like, what do I do? Pray. If you do nothing, take a picture of that, put it on the home screen of your phone or something, and pray for them every day. That they be blessed with resources and wisdom and ideas. At least pray for them. At least. Every single one of them could use your money. Listen, you could sacrifice a couple Starbucks cups. Ah, oh, I said I wouldn't say the name. Ah, oh, you could sacrifice a little bit of your extra spending. Every single person, every, I, I'll dare to say every family in this room can afford $25 a month to one of these. Every single family here, at least. I mean, you're like, no, I can't. Let's sit down and look at your finances. I'll find it. Well, you and me, I'll find it. We'll do it privately, but I'll find it. So what is this? It's my balloon collection. I don't know. Try to get off the coffee thing because it's a little too close to home. <laughs> we spend money on stupid stuff all the time. Why not put it where it's actually pure? Why not put your religion into action? We get nothing from anything. We give to these. Like next week, we're giving to the Timothy Initiative. We're not taking a dollar. We have to be pure in our religion. This, this house will be pure. I say this house is pure. We will be religious in all the right ways. In all the right ways. Those are our kids. Those orphans are our kids. Those are our brothers and sisters. Those are our moms. Are you with me? Here's the thing. This displays the heart of God. Caring for people in their distress, that's God. 
That's who God is. You might think God is like a mean man on a cloud waiting for you to get it wrong so he can slap you upside your head. That's not God. Now, if he needs to and you're his kid, he will slap you upside your head. Come on. He loves. He disciplines those he loves. Hello? If you're being disciplined, it's because he loves you. My dad's in the front row. He disciplined me. And I'm thankful. Because I was an extreme brat. And now I'm only a little bit of a brat. Sort of bratish. Depends on the time of day and how hungry I am. Ask my wife. Okay? Discipline comes from love. Amen? Come on. But God is not waiting for you to mess it up and slap you. He's got his hand open to you to bless you. He wants to give you something. Every single person here. And this is the, the display of God. This is what pure religion does. It displays the heart of the father. Who cares? Steps in in a time of trouble. Doesn't just go, hey, get over it. Stop sinning and, you know, repent. Come back when you figured it out. That's not God. It's not God. You might be here. You feel like a widow in distress. You might feel like an orphan who has nobody to look out for them. And God is pleading with you through this microphone today to receive his love, to receive his protection, to receive his mercy, to receive his forgiveness. That's the opportunity today. So would you stand up and our prayer team come up? Gigi's going to lead us in one last chorus. And this is the time where we just respond. We're going to pull down the lights just so you can kind of get along with the Lord. And don't worry about your neighbor right now. Don't think about that other person over there who needs to hear this message. You missed the point if that's what you're thinking right now. In fact, it helps me. But you don't have to do it, but just maybe close your eyes and just start to do some business with God and say, what is my response to be? Where am I ignoring the plight of the orphan and the widow? Am I? Am I stepping into those places of trouble where people are burdened? Am I lifting the burden off of others? And I want everyone here to hear me as you just do some business with the Lord. I want you to hear the truth. You, might, you probably hear this all the time if you come here, but I don't care. Good news is never old news. God came. He didn't just send, he didn't just write a letter, okay? He didn't just send a letter and say, read this, called the Bible. He, the Word became flesh. God came to the earth in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, to prove his love for every single person. He didn't come so that you would be loved. He came because you are loved. Jesus didn't, when Jesus died, that wasn't when God's love for you began. God's love has always been constant and Jesus proved it on the cross. God came, he died in our place horribly on a cross, mutilated ravished horrible he who knew no sin meaning he was perfect he became sin he took on all of our wrongdoing he became that sin so that we could become something else so that we could be invited into his family we could be adopted in the beloved but he didn't just die and go into the tomb he rose proving he has the authority to forgive you proving he has the right to wipe out all of your sins. Listen, we've all hurt people. We've all ignored those in pain around us. We have all sinned. You might not think you've done anything that's wrong, but if you've ignored people in trouble, 
hear me clearly, hear from my heart. If you've ignored those in anguish, you've broken God's heart at one point or another. God's not mad at you for that, but that's the truth. It breaks his heart when we ignore his kids who are hurting. So church, if you know him, do some business right now. Say, Lord, show me, show me where I'm ignoring the plight of those I'm called to help. Show me what to do next. And if you're here and you don't have a relationship with this person called love, the good news is that Jesus, he rose so that you can know him personally. He's made the full payment for all of your wrongdoing. And now you can fully know him who is love. You can know the love of God. I'm going to say it again. God doesn't love you because of Jesus. Jesus proved how much God has always loved you. God is the God of justice. And forgiveness has to be made. There has to be a payment, man. You can't ignore the fact that there's been wrongdoing. There has to be a payment. So the question is, do you want to pay for your sins? Or do you want to believe he already did? That's the opportunity. It's the gift of salvation. Jesus took our sin on himself to prove that God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He thinks you're to die for him. It's simple today. It's confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died and rose again, forgiving all of your sins. And if you do that, you can actually experience righteousness. You can actually receive peace. You can actually walk in joy today. Not just today, but eternally, for eternity. God wants to give you a gift, just like a good father gives gifts to his children. If you're here and you've never received that gift, you need to start walking to the altar right now. This prayer team is here. Don't look around. Nobody looking around. If you need to say, I want to receive the Lord's love for me. I want to receive. I want to confess with my mouth. Believe in my heart. Jesus is Lord. Get down here. If you're here and you feel extremely convicted and you need someone to agree with you, to walk with you just for a couple minutes, to pray with you, get to the altar right now. If you're here and you're like, I don't even think God's real, bring your pain to the altar right now. Bring a pain, something in your body. They'll prove it by the miraculous power of God that he's present, he's able to help right now. If you just need agreement in prayer, come down right now. Don't wait. We're going to sing this song. I want everyone to just respond to the Lord. Respond to the Lord. Ask the Lord, what is your response to be? And let's sing this song. Sing it out, every voice. I will build my life upon your love. Yeah. And I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken Come on, if you've not received the Lord, move your feet. What are you waiting for? Get down here. He loves you. I will build my life, Lord. If you feel crushed by depression, get down here right now. You're feeling overburdened by depression. Get down here right now. If you're in distress, get down here right now. Yeah, come on. Sing it out, church. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder. 
Show me who you are. Fill me with your heart. Leave me in your love, Lord. In your love to those listening to this message from the resting place tampa we exist for the lost to be found the found to be free and peace to reign in our city for more great resources like this check out the